You're listening to the winning literary show, Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio, live with host Denise Turney, author of the books Long Walk Up, Portia, Love Pour Over Me, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, and Rosetta's Great Hope. Turn up your dial and get ready for a blast of feature author interviews, 411 on book festivals, writing conferences, and so much more. Ready? Let's go. Things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. And that's a quote by Abraham Lincoln. You know, things don't just magically happen. you got to get out here and make things happen. And I want to welcome you to the April the 15th. We're in the middle of April, you all. April the 15th on this gorgeous Saturday to our loyal listeners. Tuning in for so many different platforms all over the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 17 years, 17 years. If this is your first time tuning in, I just have to let you know you are absolutely listening to the Winning Book Podcast off the shelf. And thank you for joining us. We have, I, I mean, I've as the host of the show for 17 years, I have been blessed to listen to so many guests from, I mean, we've had movie producers, we've had songwriters, stage plays writers, actresses on the show, New York Times best-selling authors. And I'm excited about today's guest because she's writing about someone who is my all-time hero, my all-time hero. So excited to introduce her to you. But before we do introduce, there is a, I just released a new book, Heal Gorgeous, Wisdom Within You Knows the Way. And this is a book of poetic writings, and I really encourage you to get a copy of this book. It helps you to lower your defenses as you read these little short snippets. When you get to the end, see if you don't feel better. Heal Gorgeous, Wisdom Within You Knows the Way. It's in e-back and in paperback, and you... If you don't see the print copy on the shelves, it just came out. All you have to do is ask the clerk for a copy of Hill Gorgeous Wisdom Knows the Way by Denise Turney, and they can get a copy for you. Remember, Hill Gorgeous Wisdom Within You Knows the Way. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And today's off-the-shelf guest is Curl Brown. And that's spelled with a K. There's somebody else I just met. They spell their name Carol differently. This is Carol with a K, Carol Brown. Carol is a motivational speaker. She's a screenwriter, teaching artist, actor, author, and here's my hero's name. And she's also a Harriet Tubman portrayer. She is the author of the books, 30 Lessons in Love, Leadership and Legacy, from Harriet Tubman and the Harriet Tubman Way, an inspirational guide to self-love, empowerment, and legendary leadership for girls. She is also the author of the screenplay, Harriet Tubman, Love in Actions. Carol is, you know what I've learned? People who do a lot, they just keep doing more and more and more. People who do next to nothing, they just keep doing less and less and less. Carol is also a co-founder of Brown Tones Productions. Please, 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 you guys, go check Carol out online at, and I'm going to spell it, because, you know, we get used to hearing stuff a certain way. Even if I say a K, you know, you still type the C. It's K-A-R-O-L-B, as in victory, B-R-O-W-N.com. K-A-R-O-L-B. B R O W N dot com. One more time. K A R O L V B R W N B R O W N dot com. Curl V Brown dot com. We're just absolutely honored to have her with us and I'm hoping that I pick up the right line. I hope I do. We're absolutely honored to have Curl here with us on Off the Shelf this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Carol. Thank you. Am I connected? You're connected. You are live. <laughs> You're live oh. on, off the shelf. You know, when I was doing research for this show, 
I said, oh, my gosh, she's talking about my all-time hero. You just had me from point number one. It's just an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be with us on Off the Shelf with our listeners this morning. Now, the first few questions, Carol, I'm going to ask you, I ask every guest who comes on Off the Shelf, because, again, I tell people when I started, I just went right into the questions about their books, and I got emails from listeners saying, no, they wanted to know a little bit about the guests before I start talking about their books. So to kick it off today, can you tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Okay, Denise. First, I want to say thank you for having me here today. I'm very excited to share my book with your listeners, and I just appreciate the book you just told us about, your own book, because you are a kindred spirit, you know, to think about the wisdom within and the heal gorgeous. We're on the same frame of mind because my books about Harriet Tubman are all about that love within that you're trying to help bring us out. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So I um, was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, and this is where I reside now um, with my parents. I have a nice small family of Four children. I'm the, the second oldest, the oldest girl, and you know what comes with that kind of responsibility. And um, I attended uh, Roosevelt High School, which was a very popular big school here in town. I had a great growing up. I was a cheerleader. I was active in things around school and the class officer, just enjoying my life as uh, a teenager. Uh, married James Brown, and after um, we had our three children, Adia, uh, Ari Sonas, and her son, and Atiera, our third daughter, we moved to Washington State, where um, I spent 28 years um, in that community around Tacoma, Washington. I'm a dietitian. I graduated from the University of Dayton as a, a dietitian and uh, during the, my 40-plus years of working as a registered dietitian, I've worked with people from all age groups, from mothers with brand-new babies. Uh, some people may be familiar with the WIC program. I've worked with WIC. But the majority of my time was working at the Veterans Medical Center in, in Seattle and um, where I work with veterans, all ages, men and women, uh, helping them learn how to eat eat healthier and, and be healthier. But I also had some collateral duties, as we call them, um, other things that you did around um, the work to enhance the experience for um, employees. I was um, on the EEO committee, that's Equal Opportunity Community, Committee, and I was for a while the chairperson for the African American uh, Employees Association. Part of my duties were to put together programs like Black History Month, um, MLK Day, and one year I was re- I was researching for what to do for Black History Month, and I watched Cicely Tyson in the movie A Woman Called. Oh Moses. yes! Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. and. She shared some things about Harriet Tubman I'd never heard before. So that sparked me in researching more about Harriet Tubman. And I fell in love, like you. <laughs> like oh. many people. She was such a remarkable person, and there's so oh, much that goodness. we don't know about her in the general um, education. So that's how I launched my Beginning, being in Toastmasters, which a lot of people know about Toastmasters, the international speaking group where you develop your speaking skills, I was studying storytelling. And so I um, started with a short story as Harriet Tubman uh, portraying her. And so I've been doing that for over 20 years now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, when you were a little girl growing up in Dayton, Ohio, Montgomery County, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did you say when you were a little girl? This is what I'm going to be when I grow up. Well, interesting enough, I remember 
liking the idea of being a stewardess. But then in the seventh grade, our wise teacher, don't remember what her name was, which one it was, had us do a occupational research project where we had to select the occupation, um, find out about it, and go interview someone that was doing that type of job. So I found food scientists, but the only thing I could find close to it was to interview a dietitian in a hospital, and I did. And so that's what I decided. I would, that's what I would study. And fortunate enough, that's exactly what I was able to do. And that's been the um, primary position that I've had all my life. Okay. Yeah. And you knew that from the seventh grade. Now, before we start talking about your plays and your books, who or what inspired you to pursue writing? Well, I actually think I have a family, um, it's a little genetic there. My sister is a writer, Joyce Barnes. She is prolific. Okay. She's several books, and she's written plays and, and things like that. My mother was a writer. And um, so and my, my brother, Kenny, he was a pianist, a jazz pianist, Kali Moss was his professional name. Um so I think it's part of the family um, genetics. But with Harriet Tubman, I was reading so many books, the children's books and the historical books, and um, I felt that they were saying pretty much the same thing over and over. And I was into her life so deeply, actually, you know, becoming her, saying the words that she said, trying to express the feeling she had. I think it was much more to her that needed to be shared. And uh, so I decided I, I I should write myself a book, write the book myself to teach the lessons that um, are left out from learning from Harriet Tubman. So I want to ask you this before we I ask, ask you to tell us about one of the one of your books you wrote. What in particular? Because I'm thinking of many different women who might I was like admire whether they were living when I here when I was or before. Uh, Shirley Chisholm, Barbara Jordan, uh, Wilma Mankiller. She's a, from the Indigenous American Native American. I, I I think of so many women who. Really, uh, Joan of Arc, who who inspired me, who did just just things are like wow, especially at the time they did it in. What was it about Harriet Tubman in particular that really shook you and made you pay attention? Well, with that movie, there was a story. This is after she was three, and. And it was before the war, so black people weren't free yet, but there was a lot of talk. We knew it was coming. She was active on the abolitionist um, movement, going to meetings and meetings in people's homes and, and telling her story. And she was at a conference where they were discussing what, the, I don't know exactly who was putting this out there, but what to do with all these free black folks. When they're free, what are we going to do with them? And someone suggested maybe we should send them back to Africa. And Harriet Tubman didn't like that idea. So she stood up and came forth and shared a parable. And that parable is what I heard in that movie that I said, oh, I have to go find that and share that. So I'd like to share that with you. So please, please do. This discussion was about sending black people back to Africa, and she came forth and said, "No, that's not a good idea. Let me tell you a story." There was a man who had cows, and he his made his living selling milk from his cows, but he was greedy. He didn't feel like his cows were making enough milk, and he didn't want to buy more cows. So he learned that if you if your cows eat garlic and onions, they will produce more milk. So he he planted garlic and onions all through his fields. And the cows ate it. And they did make more milk. And he had more milk to sell. 
But people didn't like their milk tasting like onions and garlic, so they wouldn't buy it. So then he knew that that was not the great way to go, so he plowed up his fields and planted clover again. But it was too late. Onions and garlic was rooted, deeply rooted in his field, and it came back. So she said, just like the white man brought us here to this, this country to do their work, now they want to send us away because they don't need us anymore? No, that's not happening. We were all here. We were born here. All of us here today were born here. We grew the food and the crops. We built these beautiful buildings and made these streets. We raised the white babies next to our babies, rooted here. We are Americans, and we ain't going nowhere. I said, mm. oh, my God. Yes. We done put all this in and we done put all this work in and all the abuse and violence and now you saying I don't need you no more. No, this don't have this work. Oh my God. She is just in her courage. I just think yeah. what she did and on foot so much of it. With her with her brain injury when she got hit in the head with that rock. I mean she's just amazing. Can you give us an overview of your book, Thirty Lessons in Love, Leadership and Legacy from Harriet Tubman? Of course. So I wanted to work with children to teach them these messages early on. So 30 Lessons in Love, Leadership, and Legacy are me taking Harriet Tubman's stories and dividing them into very short one- to two-page chapters. Each chapter is a story, and each chapter is a lesson in love, leadership, and legacy. So the first one is um, have the spirit of a leader. And so I share the story of Harry Tubman as a little girl and the fact that even though she was taken away from her parents and sent to work for people when she was five and six years old and treated badly, mm. held on to the faith that she had been taught to that, that, that God was always with her and she had faith and she had the love in her 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 family to hold on to. So that love, leadership, and legacy are just very small lessons in things like, like I said, have the spirit of the leader. Learn to have, um, listen and learn is one of my favorites I like to teach young people because it's all about taking efforts to listen to what people are trying to teach you and learn the lessons through life. Uh, another one is, um, of course, have faith, and then there's be able to appreciate on-the-job training. Kids need to realize the little things that they can do around the house are preparing them for their future. You know, the skills you learn, the communication skills that we learn, and how to deal with other people. You know, there's movement now called social-emotional learning. And it's all about going back into the schools and teaching these simple things that um, all of us should know as far as how to live well with ourselves, with our own personal um, intuition and guidance, how to live well in the community, how to, once you find your success, to bring others up. That's another topic. And each one of these lessons, there's 30 of them, are teaching um, through Harriet Tubman's stories how to um, find your personal, first personal passion, personal strength, and uh, how to make your own dreams come true, as she did. Now, what age group is is the book, 30 Lessons in Love, Leadership, and Legacy from Harry Tubman? What age group is the book designed for? So I wrote it at fifth grade level, and I've actually gone into fourth and fifth grade classes to teach it. Um, so each lesson has uh, activities and questions at the end um, so that can have a chance to communicate their thoughts with their teacher or a parent 
It has a glossary in the back with leadership terms that some may not be familiar with, like synergy. And what does synergy mean to get together and how powerful you are when you work together? So, yes, young children, fourth and fifth grade, are um, it's written for them to take it in small bite-sized um, lessons to actually learn about themselves. And can, can do you do you incorporate in the book history, real life history things about Harriet Tubman, things she's done in the book? And from that perspective, would you also say an adult could benefit from the book as well? Oh yes, many adults appreciate the book and and, and thank me and um, for writing it for them to read as well. It's all historically stories of Harriet Tubman that I've learned. And I basically used the book by uh, Sarah Bradford. Sarah Bradford interviewed Harriet Tubman and wrote uh, a book of her stories. She published it twice, but that how Harriet told it. She verified them by writing letters to some of the people that Harriet um had friends who were abolitionists and on the underground railroad station masters. So I take that history of her life and share it, but I also have used more recent historical resources to sort of help paint the picture and um, identify some things that um, may not have been shared directly from Harriet Tubman's book. So, yes, each lesson is a historic story of Harriet Tubman's life. Now, one lesson, the one uh, that I mentioned, learned to listen and love, she couldn't read and write. But Harriet Tubman was a very intelligent person. And when she was found that she was free, she actually was um, among very educated um, people, John Brown. Uh, came to her, Frederick Douglass brought John Brown to her home when she was in Canada. Um, And there she started going with him to abolitionist meetings, and she would be sitting around uh, authors and doctors and lawyers and and newspaper men, and and she listened to them teaching her um, about politics and, and things like that, and they listened to her. They listened to her tell her story and Frederick Douglass to tell their stories of what it was like, really like to be a, a, a slave in the South. And Harriet Tubman and, and Frederick Douglass were both from Maryland. They weren't in the deep, deep South. Um, they were both in Maryland. But um, that listen and learn, it incorporates some historic facts about her life beyond the Underground Railroad, who she hung around with. And so in that lesson, I say is important to not just hang around people to know only what you know, but seek out people to know more than what you know so you can listen and learn from them, and they can mm. learn from the same time. Yeah, and that's a lifelong lesson. I know she's well known for the Underground Railroad, and, I mean, her courage and and her faith in God was, I mean, uh, amazing, particularly when you consider her brain injury after she got hit in the head of the rock. I mean, it was just unimaginable, her courage. And then also, and she, I think she has strong inner vision, just strong inner vision. We're talking doing this stuff on foot and the time she did it as a woman. And she was a petite woman. And then also then she was in the Civil War. And then after that, she stayed involved in helping. I forget what home she started for people in need. I don't know if it was in, when she was in Canada or in upstate New York. Her whole life was a life of service to others. I mean, from A to Z, this is a incredibly remarkable woman. That her, what she did, goes even beyond the Underground Railroad. I mean, I, I, I applaud you for like introducing people to more of what she did. To, from the cradle to the grave, this woman was in a service almost from the time she could walk. And it's courageous service. Uh, to others. Now, do you include in the book, are there questions in the book so people can answer to encourage more engagement and more uh, deeper learning in, in the book? Yeah, definitely. So both books are written as a curriculum, and it does have 
activities, discussion questions, and encourage journaling. I actually um, made a workbook to accompany any both of the books. Both books have a matching workbook with these space for journaling thoughts and um, to um, addressing the questions and things like that. So as you were mentioning her life, how she dedicated her life so many from the time she was a young child to she lived to be 92, 93 years old. Most people don't realize that either. Um, Auburn, New York is where she settled. She was able to purchase a home from um, um, but anyway, where she cared for her parents and open to homeless people, anyone who needed some place to go, mostly ex-slaves that had no money and no place to go, sick people, blind women, uh, orphan children. So she ends up in her 80s um, purchasing land that 26 acres next to the property she already had to establish a convalescent home. And she wasn't able to finance it herself, so she, she gave the property to her church, the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. And they built a home, and that's where she lived for the remaining of her, of her life. Uh, and she was active in the women's suffrage movement with Miss Susan B. Anthony. She went to a conference, women's suffrage conference, and uh, she fell asleep, as she always does since she had that. Head, head injury. She had those frequent um, lapses into a deep sleep. And that was part of the challenge of her on the Underground Railroad because this accident happened when she was in her teens. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you were traveling with Harriet Tubman on the Underground Railroad, she might fall asleep on you <laughs> on the road and you might be there, wow, 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 what am I going to do? And you just had to patiently wait for her to be able to wake back up. But she never lost a single passenger. And this is what she told the people, the women at this conference when she went with Susan B. Anthony. She was awakened from her sleep and didn't realize that they were in, introducing her, but she came up on stage and she said, my name is Harriet Tubman. I was a conductor on the Underground Railroad, and my train never dumped a track, and I never lost a single passenger. So that's where she made that statement that's been uh, repeated over and over again. So, yeah, she was out there telling her story, and that's one reason why I have been so um, interested in telling her stories. And so I say I'm a storyteller. A lot of people do Harriet Tubman, but a lot of them do her and other people, and they do, a, you know, a 15-minute presentation of her or maybe longer. But I only do Harriet Tubman because I'm all about going deep, into her and her life and teaching um, not just the Underground Railroad, but who she was and her spirit, as as you brought out. She was so much more than oh my the Underground Oh, my goodness. Just her life makes me, whenever I feel like this girl is like, I mean, what she faced, I'm like, oh, my God, whatever it is, I know I can do it because I just, I, and then when you factor in the brain injury, it's almost unimaginable. Now, you spent 17 years researching Harriet Tubman. What are some of the best research resources for the, those listeners who are listening around the globe and they might want to, they might never have heard of her in another country. What are what are some of the best research resources that you found that you can share with our listeners if they're interested in learning more about Harriet Tubman? Well, my book, I do have resources in the back of both of my books. Now with the Internet, it's so much easier just to, you know, Google her name and, and, and find abundance of information. Um, my YouTube channel, which is uh, Carol Brown and Harriet Tubman, and YouTube, it, you see some of my videos when I tell some of her stories. But Sarah Bradford, um, her book, of course, was uh, was written in 1869, but it's been republished um, and so that's out there to to go to. That gives you the old old history of her her stories. Um, Kate Clifford Larson is another person who wrote um, Bound for the Promised Land, Harriet Tubman's Portrait of an American Hero. Hers is very good with information about what the world was where Harriet Tubman was, at, you know, in Maryland and the, and the politics and 
the culture and gives you a better picture of that. Um, Harriet Tubman has two um, national museums dedicated to her, one in Maryland. So you can go to Harriet Tubman in Maryland, the the, um, tourist information, and be taken to the museum that was built in her hometown. Uh, She was born in um, around Cambridge, Maryland, not necessarily right in Cambridge, but in that area. And then in Auburn, New York, her home, which is a historic site, is also a national um, park. So you can go to national parks and, and, and find out information about her. It's just so much out there that um, it's, it's, it's limitless. I wanted to ask you next about her home, and, and I have got to get to her home. And 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 uh, uh, the one up in New York, did you did you visit that home? I remember I visited Paul Lawrence Dunbar's home in Dayton, Ohio, and it was just an experience to actually go somewhere. You can almost feel the person's like some of their essence. Did you visit her home in New York, or or in any of the like the museum, or particularly her home? And if so, what was that experience like? Well. I made an attempt to visit her home. It's a long story, made it short. Leaving, I was living in Seattle at the time. So every year, pre-pandemic, I don't know if they're still doing it, the um, African-American Episcopal Zion Church has Harriet Tubman Day on May 30th. So that's coming up. I need to check and see if they're still doing that. But I was made an attempt to go to that one year, about 10 years ago now. Anyway... My husband and I, James, we, we missed our flight from Seattle, and it, we were flying into Syracuse, which is close to Auburn, where she was. We missed the flight, and going late, um, we had decided to never to New York City, so we would take a day trip to New York City and, and, and then come back to Syracuse. This was like a Thursday, Friday, and be there Saturday for the weekend activity. Well... We missed our flight. We got to New York. We got shut down. The airport's closed. Ended up driving back up to Syracuse where we had left our luggage and everything and missed the whole event. So we went to her home Sunday, but it was closed. It went open on Sunday. Got to peep in the window on the the grounds, these beautiful grounds. Uh, take pictures in front of the door, but didn't get in there. So I haven't been back there. I have, um, did go to um, Maryland to a museum in Maryland that was in honor of her, um, not the same year, but another opportunity to be in that area. I have not been to the brand-new museum that was built um, in Maryland, but um, those are still things I still need to do. Now I've heard it. I've heard this said years ago that we have a purpose. Each of us, a purpose, a mission, or a reason. There's a reason why we're attracted to a certain hero or hero. Something that, that yeah. we really admire in somebody. There's a reason for that. What do you think you have in common with, or your purpose or mission that's similar to Harriet Tubman? Well. I think that over the years, I'm 70 years old now, so I've had a lot of time to reflect on how Harriet Tubman's um, stories have um, impacted me to where I am today. I found myself on a spiritual journey, um, awakening to the fact that, um, you know, love is the key and that self-love is the main um thing that we need to realize within ourselves and that that is our God within us and that we can do all things. So I find that the books I've written about Harriet Tubman were bringing that spiritual uh, understanding out to me to share. So when I reflect on the lessons, I, I see Harriet Tubman's stories of where she came from, um, a little girl who had nothing to hold on to, to believe that she could ever be free. Third, third generation, 
of slaves. Her grandmother came from Africa, so I know at least third generation slaves. How could she even ever believe that she could be free? Mm. And the fact that she did believe that and she held on to that belief. So I believe thoughts become things. And I see um, an opportunity to share the stories of Harriet Tubman, my own stories about um, going through life and experiences and helping young ladies find them find their own love within. And when they do that, they'll become stronger. They'll be able to, like Harriet, have a vision for themselves that's better than where they are now or a vision for themselves that is using their own personal passion, their own personal gifts, and not looking for others to tell them they're beautiful or that they can do this Mm. and do that. Harriet Tubman took it upon herself emancipate herself. She freed herself. And she had a network of people that she learned from and, and, and shared her gifts with. When she got free, she said, I can't be free by myself. All my people are still in slavery. I can't be happy because I'm successful by myself. I need to go back and get them. And she did. And so those are the lessons that I am using through this experience of years of being her and my own journey of awakening to know that my purpose is to reach out to help our world improve through love. And I see it love of our self-love. When we get our self-love together and strengthen our respect for ourselves, our self-determination, our self-motivation, our faith, um, all of that together, we can do all the great things we want to do. Harriet Tubman died in 1913, but we are talking about her this morning. She is going to be on our money. Some people have a problem with that. I honor that, the fact that this woman who was born a slave in 1821 is going to be honored in the high, one of the highest honors that we have in this country that speaks miles to how our greatness is within. And all we need to do is look within and find that and and, 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 and do all that we want to do in this life. So, yeah, she's impacted me quite a bit, um, and I hope that my books will help other people find this in themselves. You know, it's, a, it's sometimes like with, with, with Harriet, and she tried several different ways to get free, to get to what she wanted, uh, she trying to work. To, you could buy a freedom pass for a year, like getting a driver's license, and you had to pay for it again for another year, which I think is absurd. But anyway, she, she, she sometimes in life it's almost as if you we have to get pushed up against a wall hard, <laughs> and then we realize if we really want something, there's another way, and we just have to. We figure it out and go for it if you really, really want it. When we're comfortable, I don't. I mean, as you, as people learn from reading your book, when we're the more comfortable we are, I don't know if that's when we make our greatest progress. We hate not being comfortable, but it's not when we make our our best progress. And you, when you said the for helping girls, I'm thinking about when I was younger. Uh, what is it about being young that makes us think we know everything? And 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 what you're offering, you you say you're seventy years. If somebody would sit down and listen, a young person, you could save them so much heartache, so much trial and error. Your grandparents, your great grandparents, but we when we're young, we don't listen. <laughs> we just think right. they're old. We just think they're old people, and the only people who know stuff are people our age. And and it, you miss so so much. So thank you for what you're doing and trying to reach, you know, because you could save people years of trial and error if they would just listen. Can you give us a, a synopsis of your book? I want to talk about another one of your stories, and hopefully we have time to get to your play. But can you give us a synopsis of the Harriet Tubman Way, an inspirational guide to self-love, empowerment, legacy, yeah. uh, empowerment and leadership? Legendary Leadership for Girls. How does this book right. help girls to become, uh, to, whether they're doing it in their community, their family, become greater leaders? 
So I um so I'm launching with this book as as the curriculum in this book, I launching a movement, the Harriet Tubman Love and Action Movement and I'm starting a new business called Girls United by Love. And this is for all girls. My idea is to bring those generations together. So multi um generational grandmothers, the mothers, the the, the girls together going through this curriculum so that like you just mentioned, that wisdom that us um, more mature girls have to share. And if we can gather our family of girls, our community of girls together and go through the book and enjoy each other's time together, actually talk, share stories. So the, the book gives opportunity to find the words to say and I'm just going to, and part of each chapter in both books begins with a quote uh, of someone whose words fit the topic that's being discussed on that particular lesson. Um, I, this book is in three parts. The first part is love and action, and I open up with a uh, quote by Lisa Nichols. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be joyful. You deserve to be celebrated. But in order to do that, you must first fall madly in love with yourself. And so this opening is telling about Harriet Tubman's childhood and and how small, sickly she was, but how she held on to the love and faith that she had within. And so um, each chapter has a quote. First one is from Queen Latifah. And each person that I quote, after you read the story about Harriet Tubman, and there's a little summary about what the lesson is, love yourself first, then I invite you to have some discussion, like um, our difficult times in your life that you've had that have brought your spirit down that also found helped you find the reason to do better. And I asked them to... to um, Research Queen Latifah and her quote. Let me share that quote for you because this book is interactive. I have quotes. I have I have QR links to Queen Latifah singing her song, U-N-I-T-Y, um, the cleanup version, that is, <laughs> at the, um, the um, celebration of the Nobel Peace Prize. She was a singer there a few years ago and sang that song. Um, her quote is, when I was first, when I was around 18, I looked in, in the mirror and said, you're either going to love yourself or hate yourself. And I decided to love myself. And that changed a lot of things. So each, someone told me each chapter is a mini book themselves. And like I said, they're very short. But it does open up the opportunity for this Discussion. So the book is written for bringing out the discussion, self-thought with journaling, uh, gratitude. I have a little gratitude journal, excuse me, and um, just taking the time, not reading it all through one day. You can do that, but to taking it section by section and actually working through the questions. I also invite people to get creative. I want people to discover themselves. So. Find what makes you happy, and that's another key, to be happy and enjoy life. So find something that you enjoy to be creative and express yourself in different ways. That story that I told about Harriet Tubman and um, sharing that parable, it just shows that communication doesn't have to be in one format. Communication, um, you express your your feelings, your thoughts, your passions in many, many different ways. It could be song, it could be visual art, it could be poetry, um, rap music, whatever. It's ways that you are teaching or tapping into somebody else through yourself because there's other people that are going to hear you that would not hear me possibly my voice and my lesson, but there's someone out there that can hear your voice in your lesson, in your own style. So this is what this book is all about in a um, format that is meant to give you opportunity to, to find 
yourself and your purpose with others. It, and I want to ask you this. I've heard this said, but based on your experience, and do you touch on this in the book, is it necessary to be a, a servant to be an effective leader? Well, it's not necessary to be a servant, but a servant leader is part of what the Harriet Tubman was and all of the lessons that I teach because it came to serving someone first. I mean, having a purpose in your life, a purpose that you feel strong enough about that you want to spend some time and effort in it. And often, like Harriet Tubman, she didn't start out to be a leader. She started out to save her people. But because of that, her leadership, she was a leader. Um, So good leaders care about their people. Good leaders want people to not just depend on them but find their own selves. And that is servant leadership, basically. So there are many kinds of leaders, definitely. Some only are out for their own self and their own purpose. And they're not servant leaders, but they can be uh, leaders that seem to be effective, but they may not really have a true um, love and and attraction to a, a lot of people from a lot of now, people. How, how, Carol? How can girls? And you know, I remember when they had to take our daughters to work day. They wanted girls to see what it was like to go be at work. And then now it's take our, our, I think it's take our kids to work day now. But how can girls step out? They said there's still the way women, if women apply for a job and, and a woman will say, I'm qualified for all but one or two of the things that they're looking for, the qualifications, a woman won't apply. A guy will, a guy will apply and then just think, I, I have enough, I can still do this job. They say often a woman won't, woman won't. How can girls step out even even more than what we have? We've made a lot of progress, but how can we step out and step into more leadership roles, whether it's at work, in the community, uh, wherever it is, how can we, we do this? And it become more uh, normalized for girls stepping out and stepping into leadership roles. Well, we first need to teach our girls as when they're young that they, they to love themselves. And when they do that, they also part of that love themselves is self-care. And um, that hits on to my field of nutrition and, and, um, and um, other ways that you care for your body. And as your mind and body are, and spirit are all connected, so when you take care of your body and healthy and, and your mind is healthy, it's going to help you find your own um, passion that is, can lead to self-empowerment and you develop a joy for life that helps you keep going no matter what the obstacles are. You need to, we need to teach the young ladies that what love feels like. Love does not make you cry. Love does not make you feel bad about yourself. You know, so that self-love, just understanding what true love is, love is more what God gives you and how he makes you feel and what he can do for you in the faith. Building that character up is important so that, and to understand that just because something doesn't go that your way doesn't mean that your way won't continue to, to go forward and that that obstacle, that closed door, is just um, sending you to the open door that's open wider and was the better option choice for you. We don't always know that at the time that we're going through it. Um, and that's why our mature voices can help our young ladies understand that, that they may not get that job at that particular um uh, position, but their way is a much better way to go. They just need to keep moving forward, not getting depressed, getting down, not being put down, that um, understanding that their future is bright and they have a birthright for abundance and happiness in life. That's what we're here for. 
So it's coming, and it will be there, so never give up. That's what Harriet said. Keep on going, keep on going, never give up. Mm. Now, when and why, we only have like 10 more minutes. We, we, we're coming down to the wire here. When and why did you start performing the Harriet Tubman reenactments? Again, I think I sort of inherited some of this Hamish stuff. My mother's 101. Uh, wow. Yeah, but she did her first, after she retired, she also worked for the VA for her career as a um, secretary. At age 75, she recorded, she did her first commercial. So she was an actress after she retired. Um, I think she was in Toastmasters before me. And so I just think that was part of my personality. I've always liked to recite poetry. And so again, learning storytelling, I just, and I was also inspired by my grandmother, Nancy Webster, my mother's mother. She also lived to be 101. Uh, and um, she always had us in church doing programs and things. I just felt that I wanted to share Harriet Tubman in a unique way and become her and tell her story. So just a little spot about the movie, the Harriet Tubman Love and Action. During the pandemic, what I did was record all my stories. Um, so that I could use them um, without being able to go out and be in in the communities. So the movie is uh, a come is all my stories. Some cut out is still quite long, but I take uh, two young visitors to the Harriet Tubman, at the Harriet Tubman Museum through her life journey and share her stories. And so um, part of my curriculum is using the video stories uh, as part of learning and hearing her, her voice. Okay. Uh, so, And then before I want, I definitely, I, I want to ask you about a, a couple of the questions. I'm certainly not going to get to all the questions that I had to ask you. I just don't have enough time. But where are some of the places that you've put on the, the performances of the Harriet Tubman reenactments? So when I was in Washington State for majority of it mostly Ohio and Washington State, but all over Washington State. You know, Washington State is probably, what, it's 11% African-American. Um, I got into a program that provided programs at libraries, so almost every county in Washington State. And sometimes my husband, James, would, follow, would travel with me. He sings sing Negro spirituals. We would be sometimes the only African-American people in that city. But we had great, great responses. People all over love Harriet Tubman. So here in Dayton, also in in Ohio, we programs around here. That's oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Uh, you are you are an inspiration. Can you tell us really quickly again? We're coming down like seven minutes. Can you tell us about Brown Tones Productions? What is what do you do? What is Brown Tones Productions? So that's. Basically, the business name that I used to uh, promote to Harriet Tubman. So Brown is our last name, and so we were putting on productions, our storytelling productions. Um, so th- this is the company that's behind my Harriet Tubman um, storytelling, the books. Um, now my curriculum. I'm actually expanding. I'm announcing it here because I'm, I'm expanding um, to – have a nonprofit, Girls United by Love, and under there I will be sharing this book, the curriculum, and some other great ways to connect with um, people around the world to help spread this love message to girls, girls around. And one thing I like to put out there that we, uh, this company will start it last year, but hope people be aware of the October 11th date, which is the International Day of the Girl Child. And so Girls United by Love is going to use that date as something that we do annually. Um, and I'll give you more information on that later. But just to let you know, it's all about spreading this love message to um, the world. Oh, my goodness. I love I love what you're doing. You should... And you seven decades in, I mean, just a, just an inspiration. Can you share three to four steps, Carol, that you've 
found to be effective, shifting gears a little bit, that you've found to be effective at getting the word out about your books, your your reenactments, et cetera? Um, word of mouth. Um, I also I have a Facebook page. Um, I have a Facebook group. I can't remember those <laughs> those things, but you can remember. You can find my name Carol Brown with a K and Harriet Tubman. Uh, have a Instagram and LinkedIn. I'd love for people to connect with me um, through any of those. My website is my name carolvbrown.com. Um, I plan. Oh. Let me just announce on April 30th, um, a, a lady named uh, Linda Fegans um, and myself, she does Sojourner Truth, and I do Harriet Tubman. We're having a little chat, uh, a free event on Zoom at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. You can check it out on uh, Eventbrite, um, Harriet Tubman Sojourner Truth uh, chat on Facebook freedom, and future. Um, that's a great way to connect and hear more about Harriet Tubman. Um, and I'd love for people to do that because this message is one that I do want to spread. And I really, really thank you for this opportunity to, to share because I know you have a lot of great listeners and um, this is an important message to spread the world. Thank you. Denise. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And are you working on any other new books? And if so, can you give us a glimpse into what you're working on? Well, this book, recent book, just came out last year. I'm still promoting this one. Of course, I have others in my head, but my uh, marketing person said, don't write another book yet. Let's do this one first. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be putting out things in newsletters, probably snippets of things in newsletters. Uh, And with my newsletter, I'll probably have little video snippets of me doing Harriet or me just speaking on my own uh, about the lessons I want to share. Oh, my goodness. And where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of your books? Um, Amazon is always good, or any bookstore. They can order them. Uh, My name, Harriet Tubman Books. Um, I have a gift box I didn't get a chance to tell you about, but it's an opportunity to package my books and um, the workbook, the journal, I mean, the gratitude journal, some other items in a beautiful gift box. And um, I think I have it on my Facebook where you can see that. And it's all about teaching girls that they are gift box. And in that gift box are things just to massage their, their love, self-love, so like a mirror to look into, a, a rose quartz to hold and and, and, and encourage your self-love and things like that. Now, on your event that you're doing with the woman who does the Harriet Tubman, I mean, Sojourner Truth, April 30th, is that listed at your website, and is that where listeners can find, keep up with any other speaking engagements, uh, the, the plays you put on, is that where they could learn more at your website? Yes, they can. Okay. We have just had the absolute pleasure of 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 just she just was just a delight of having Carol Brown with us, and her website again is carolvbrown.com, K-A-R-O-L-V as in victory, B-R-O-W-N.com, Carol with a K, carolvbrown.com. Please go visit her website. She's the author of the books, The Harriet Tubman Way: An Inspirational Guide to Self Love Empowerment and Legendary Leadership for Girls. She's also the author of the book. Harriet Tubman, Love and Actions, which I don't even think we really touched on that one at all, but uh, we didn't have time. If you came in midway or near the end of today's show, no worries. After the show finishes streaming, you can come back here and listen to it as often as you want in the archives and share it, share it, share it with other people. I can't thank you enough, Carol Brown. I mean, you a dynamo yourself. Oh, my goodness. And so thank you for being here with us on Off the Shelf. And to our listeners, I truly thank you and our loyal listeners who've been with us for 17 years. Thank you so much. Remember, set set a reminder on your calendar on Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City time. You're going to catch off-the-shelf books, off-the-shelf books. You don't want to miss the guests who come on the show. And in closing, as I always tell you, it's just so true. 
You are awesome. You're amazing. You are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Carol, I'll send you a link to the show when it finishes streaming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye for now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye-bye.